0: Thank you for listening to the weekly messages of New Providence Primitive Baptist Church. To subscribe to our podcast, hear other messages, or learn more about us, please visit nppbc.com. I flipped and I flopped and I flipped and I flopped. If you come to see me, you come to see the wrong one. Uh, I'm just a nobody. Trying to tell everybody all about somebody Amen. who saved my soul. Amen. Uh, I started today and thought I had things figured out, and then I sat down at lunch and got back home and sat at the table and uh, seen how crowded the restaurants were, and I thought, boy, we're awful cold. And, and the first thing popped into my head was Revelations 3, Church of Laodiceus, and and I started, I thought, okay, that's where we're going, that's where we're going, Then we got here tonight, and I had something marked already uh, earlier in the week, and I feel like that's the way I need to go, and uh, uh, is. Isaiah chapter 12, we'll start in verse 1, I've got two different places I want to read, and uh, and then I don't know what's going to happen from there, but uh, thank I thank God for His grace and His mercy, and I thank Him for His comfort. Uh, yeah, bless you, I'm, I'm nervous, but I feel good. Yeah, uh, uh, uh-huh. uh, I'm glad that I'm not in a church house that's more worried about putting the Super Bowl up on the screen up there and, yeah, and more yeah. worried about worldly things. I'm, I'm glad that people still love the Lord. Amen. But in chapter 12 of Isaiah verse 1, it says, And in that day thou shalt say, O Lord, I will praise Thee. Thou, though thou wast angry with me, thine anger is turned away, yeah. and thou comfortest me. Yeah. Behold, God is my salvation. Amen. I will trust and not be afraid, Amen, for the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. Yeah. He also is become my salvation. Amen. Therefore, with, joy, with shall, joy shall ye draw water out of the wells of salvation. Yeah. And in the day shall ye say, Praise the Lord. Call upon His name, declare His doings among the people, and make mention that His name is exalted. Sing unto the Lord, for He has done excellent things. This is known in all the earth. Cry out and shout, Thou inhabitant of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel in the midst of thee. If you'll turn over to Timothy chapter 1 verse 12. I'll give you in a second. I'm bad about just naming something off and spitting it out there, but I'll try to give you in a second to get there. Amen. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12, it says, And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who hath enabled me, for that He counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry, who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor, an injurious... But I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in disbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of who I am chief. And I started thinking. I I thought I had this figured out. But I started thinking as everybody was talking and I thought... How else to share the gospel than to tell you about me? <laughs> and and uh I, I don't know why it went this way, but I, I'm glad it did. I'm glad that I get to talk about his goodness and I don't have to I don't have to preach down at somebody, but I started thinking about how this come about. And this right here's been about three and a half years in the making. And uh I got called to preach about three and a half years ago and uh, preached my first message and I never knew what I was doing. I, I went out on my uh, preacher at church, stood up and said, the Bible says, use me. And and it stuck to me for some reason. And I got out on my porch one Sunday morning, laid my Bible on, on the rail and I just looked at it and I looked up and I said, here I am, Lord, use me. And about that time I flipped my Bible open I've got it marked, but I never could never could go back to it. But I preached Hosea chapter two, God's love for His unfaithful people, and and I remember at one point realizing what was happening. I just grabbed it and I looked down and said, "Lord, what are you doing?" And he and and I I preached about four messages, and I let the world get in my way, and I let things be said, and I got it in my way, and I, and tonight grace is what what works and. Uh, uh, Tommy Amen. we were hunting And I could almost show you the spot we were standing uh, It's never left my mind But we were hunting one Saturday He come to me and said Well you ready to come down to church and preach And I just looked at him and said I don't think so He said Can I ask you why And I said because I don't know if I've been called or not Tommy And he said well Bible says be sure of your calling He said But I just want you to know, I felt like I needed to ask you. I said, well, thank you. And I walked away. And three and a half years later, that held to me. And Sunday night, I hit an altar. Uh, I had battled with it off and on and off and on. And I would push it to the side. but. But he kept standing there. And Sunday night I hit an altar and I laid there and I laid there and I cried and I didn't know what else to do. And I said, Lord, you gotta help me. Lord, you gotta help me. And uh, because I can't do this by myself. I'm not I'm in my book I'm not worthy of this calling, but but I'm glad he found me faithful. But I, I laid there and I cried, I said, Lord, you gotta help me. And when I got up, I told my church, I said, there's something I got to do. And it's three and a half years, almost four in the making. And I got to announce my call to preach. And when I did, I said, I even told them, I said, I got one place I got to go. And they said, and I said I got to go to New Providence. Amen. The Lord put that in my heart. He said, don't forget that. And Amen. so I called, I went home Sunday night and, and uh, my mom and my wife were at home with sick kids and said, Um, What are uh, are y'all doing here? And I said, I got something I got to tell you. My wife said, you announced you call calling a priest tonight, didn't you? (laughs) Yeah, I did. Bob said, you going to call Tommy? I said, "Uh -uh." (laughs) uh-uh. I'm not ready for that. She said, why? I said, because he'll tell me to come to church. And I said, I ain't ready for that yet. But then I started thinking about it. The Lord said, you got somewhere you got to go. So I said, let me call him. So I called him and He didn't answer. I said, thank you, Lord. (laughs) Monday morning, bright and early, the phone rang, and I was with a customer, and it was Tommy. By the time I got back, I'd got a text message, and it said, I've tried to call you, dad. I've seen a missed you call. What have I missed? I called him the first thing. I said, how you doing? He said, I'm getting better. I said, I got something I got to tell you. I still can't hardly tell anybody without crying. I said, Tommy, I asked my call to preach last night, and He said, I ain't putting pressure on you, but I need to get you on the books. I said, I got to come. He said, well, let's come Sunday night. So I got here and I thought that I was going to preach on the church of Laodiceus us. And and I I guess in a roundabout way I am, but I've got a job to do. Uh, We've got a job to do. Uh, There's churches up and down this country and this hillside that are closed tonight for a a football game. Something that ain't going to get me nowhere, but they're closing for it. The, the Bible says when Laodiceus he'd rather find us hot or cold and I believe we're a little hot tonight but I'm asking you to stay that way I'm asking you to don't, don't get cold on him don't get lukewarm on him stay hot for him because there's churches that are dying spiritually because they fell in their own way but it's our job as a Christian it's our job to be hot and to be instant in season and out to look at him and say come back to Jesus that's where we belong one day he's coming back and he's looking for the ones that are his business. Yeah. That football game ain't got nothing to do with him. And I started thinking about how... We let everything, everything gets in the way of Christ today. We have, uh, Everybody knows you guys just went through it, but COVID has become an excuse more than a, than a cause. It's become an excuse of why Christians don't come to church anymore. And and we've put that in front of... The Bible says, fear not. The Bible says, fear not, for I am with you. And, and I thought about how many Christians are sitting at home scared to death, and they forgot that He's already promised. I am with you, Amen. and and I ain't getting Amen. on you about being sick and staying home. I'm getting on you about being not sick and staying at home. Yeah. You ought to be in the Lord's house, and you ought to be lifting up holy hands, praising Him for what He's done for Amen. me. I've got too much that I've set back on Him for, and and I've done, I've made it through things that I shouldn't have made it through. About uh, four years, what's so funny, it's four years, this is the grace of God right here. Four years ago, I got diagnosed with Guillain-Barre syndrome, uh, walked into a hospital, well, barely walked into a hospital, I couldn't even stand up, got to the hospital, and they couldn't find out what was wrong with me. That same time in the hospital, my wife found out that she was having a miscarriage, and and lo and behold, what did the Christian do? I sat in a bed and wept over myself and said, Lord... Why are you doing this to me? What have I done that you're doing this to me? And it took a little Christian woman. I don't know her name. I'll probably never see her again in my life. Come in and she said, We're going to take you down to the eye doctor. And I was weeping and I was crying. I was in a spot that I didn't know what to do. And that little lady put me in that wheelchair, pushed me into an elevator, and she leaned over and kissed my cheek. She said, Son, I lost my husband a couple months ago. And she said it might be dark in here, but the sun still shining out there. Yeah. And I knew what sun she was talking about because I was one of his. Yeah. And then in that moment, I looked up yeah. and I just thought, Lord, why not me? Yeah. Why not me? You hung on a cross for yeah. me. You hung and died yeah. for yeah. me. Why not me? A little suffering here is worth it all over there. But in a Uh, In that amount of time, I ended up, they couldn't find out what was wrong with me. I went to Vanderbilt about a month later, uh, got in church one night, went to stand up and just about fell on the floor. By the time I got home, I sat down to take my socks off and I couldn't stand up. So we went to Vanderbilt and uh, uh, as soon as I got there, they, they ended up admitting me. And that first thing that morning, doctors come in, they said, we're pretty sure we know what's wrong with you. I said, what's that? They said, we believe you got Guillain-Barre syndrome. And I said, okay, what's that? And he said, now this is serious. He said, you may never walk again. Yeah. Yeah. That's been the one fear that I've had my whole life. I ain't scared of cancer. I ain't scared of dying. But I've always been afraid of being paralyzed. And I said, okay, if that's what it is. He said, but here's the thing that we don't understand. And I said, what's that? And they said, and I believe that it happened about five days or four days into a hospital stay at UT is when I become, I recognized that it was okay for me to suffer. And they said, this don't add up. And I said, what do you mean it don't add up? He said, you should have been paralyzed seven days after you got this. He said, it takes about one week and it takes you from your feet and it will go into your lungs and it will paralyze you and you should have been on a vent. And you're a month in, and you're just now getting to where you can't walk. I said, yeah, yeah, I understand that. And they they pumped me full of IVIG treatment. And five days later, I walked out of there, and I went rabbit hunting the next Saturday. But I say that because I'm kicking. i got legs that can move. I've got arms that can raise. And I should be thankful for that. I'm thankful that His grace is enough. His grace is sufficient. Even in my darkest time, I I, I could have turned away from Him in that moment. And still yet, He put somebody in my path to say, Son, don't forget who loves you. Don't forget what He's done for you. Don't forget what He brought you from. And when he done that, (laughs) about, about six months later was when I started preaching. And I thought, Lord, I've turned my back on You. I've looked away from you. I've doubted you. And you're going to tell me to do this? And three years later, I'm standing before you saying, Lord, I've questioned you. Yeah. I've doubted you. I've wondered how this is put on me. But yet you're calling me still. And you haven't gave up on me yet. Thank you, Lord. And I've got something i got to oh. do from now on. Yes. And I'm grateful that grace is sufficient. And uh, everybody, it just, it blew my mind tonight. We sat here and every song was about yeah. grace and about mercy and, and His goodness. And I Amen. thought, Lord, how can you not, how can you not open that up and read it? But I started thinking, when we're looking at the church of the seas it's our job to share that grace that's right. and to share that mercy. Right. Churches are dying across the country because we're holding it inside. Yeah. That's, that's our fault. Our fault as Christians... Is, is we need to step out on our on our full of grace yeah. and say there's something better for this world yeah. there's something better yeah. we have got lost people everywhere around us share the gospel with them yeah. tell them how good that grace is because yeah. if I don't tell them they won't know yeah. it's they don't their, their unbelief yeah. is what has them there yeah. it's our job to show them make it where they can't help but believe it if I show if I walk in every day, if I come to this church every day with a frown on my face, you're going to be hard to convince me that Jesus makes you happy. Yeah. But Amen. it's my job. To walk to people, to be a light to people. I've got kids that are going to grow up, and it's my job to teach them from now to the time that I die. But Jesus is good. Not anything in me. I'm worthless. I'm as filthy rags as filthy as filthy rags. But then you look at Jesus, and He's worthy. And when He he touches you, and you just—I told him the other day—I started preaching in Sunday school about Boaz. Boaz shares the good stuff. And, uh, yeah. I thought, and, and I just keep going back to that. But it's our job to share the good stuff. Right, yeah. When you look, it don't matter how rich you are. It don't matter how poor you are. The good stuff ain't the money. The good stuff That's ain't right. anything else. The exactly. good stuff, share the gospel with them. Share the love of Christ with somebody. Yeah, right. Boaz gave him food to eat, but he brought him into the family. And if you spiritually look at that, Boaz was a God figure. Yeah. And he brought, he brought somebody that didn't belong into the family. Adopted them in. Yep. Yep. Thank you, Lord. That's me. One Amen. day he looked at me and he said, Son, you're unfit. Boy, you're dirty. But I love you. Yeah. And I want you to be mine. And he flipped a book open one day. When I stood up, the minute I stood up, he flipped a book open and he said, right there he is. The one I've been waiting on. Out of millions of people in the world, he chose me. One morning, I'm sitting on a second row of the church. Lost as lost could be. He knew I was lost. But he, yet he's come down. When I'd sat in church for five years lost. Never felt a thing. Had convinced myself I wasn't getting saved. Nothing was ever going to happen. Next thing you know, I'm sitting in a little church where people said, boy, they're cold. Boy, they don't talk to you the first time. I went everybody hugged you everybody shook your hand I thought well this must be a different place about two months in the Lord started moving I was sitting on a pew one morning I had a best friend sitting here and my wife sitting here and both of them thought they were getting saved that morning I said I'm sorry that it took that much spirit to move me out of that pew but I was rotten I was worthless. I wasn't worth anything. But he just kept pecking. He kept pecking. I felt like the pew was about to break behind me. I grabbed a hold of the front of the pew and laid my head down. I said, I ain't coming out of here. Can't come out of here. I ain't going to do it. My buddy, he's a pretty good-sized boy, and he's sitting beside me, and that big old foot was sitting there. And I said, Lord, I can't even get out. Ain't no point in me even getting up. I can't get out. And about the time I looked, that foot just moved over. That's grace. That's grace in the way that when the devil attacks... And the devil says, you can't do that. Look at that. You can't do it. Next thing you know, the water parted on somebody. And when I stood up, I surrendered. I was so rotten, I didn't even have to make it to the altar. I just had to get up. And when I stood up, he said, now you're one of mine. You're a chosen one of mine. I went to that altar, and all I could say was, Lord, I'm sorry. Lord, I'm sorry that I've lived this many years. And I've known how good you were. I've known about it since I was a kid. People used to tell everybody the good news. You don't get that anymore. had a big old tall fellow that had been best friends with my dad for years. I've loved him to death. He used to come all the time, and every time he'd see me, he'd talk about everything. But before he left, he'd say, I'd like to have you come to church with me one day. Boy, it ripped my heart out. And I knew, I knew I needed to be in church. And my, ma- my grandma and grandpa were godly people. They showed the light. I knew I should be in church. My dad preached to me every chance he got. But I was rotten. I was enjoying what I was doing. There's There's fun. In sin, it's a season, but it's fun. Don't let anybody lie to you. If you're lying, if you don't want to admit that, you can come up here with the rest of us. Because there's fun in sin for a season. But then it starts weighing on you and you start looking and you start looking. You go, boy, why ain't that working anymore? Man, I need to try this. This ain't working anymore. Next thing you know, you start realizing something's missing and I can't feel it. I I tell everybody, there's a hole in everybody's heart and there's one person that's going to feel it. That's the only way you're going to get happy. When that heart gets filled in that one spot and Jesus moves in, you'll find peace in your life. I've been at peace since. Even, even when I was struggling through whether I should be a preacher or not, I still had a peace in my heart. Because he I still belonged to Him. I, I still sat there going, Lord, you don't know what you're doing. He's going to say, I love you anyway. You might be dumb as a box of rocks, but I love you anyway. And I'm going to figure you out one day, and we're going to straighten this out together. And Lord, can I'd I'd have never believed. The grace of God is so amazing to me because I fear, the biggest fear I had was people saying, His daddy's a preacher. That's why he's a preacher. And you know, the devil attacked me with that. He attacked with that because he knew. I can get him if I just say, ain't nobody going to believe you. Ain't nobody going to listen to you. Your daddy's a preacher and you're doing it. I even had a guy tell me, it's in your blood. I said, it ain't got nothing to do with his blood.
1: I said, it ain't nothing to do with his blood.
0: I've sat under my dad my whole life, and I love to hear him, but it ain't nothing to do with him. I'm glad he didn't call me, because Amen. at some point he'd let me down. He'd look at me and do something wrong, and it'd fail me. But he ain't never failed me yet. When I got up off of that altar, I was just standing there, and I had a hold the pulpit, and I was looking at the cross, and I thought, Lord... I've been afraid to stand for you for four years and you hung there for me. Yeah. You hung in pain and agony for me and I've been running from just standing, just standing for you. Because I believe if I open that book and I stand, I told him this morning, and I guess that's where it comes from, told them this morning, I said, if I go down there and I don't even open the book, if I can just tell him a testimony, Amen. ain't that the gospel? Yeah. That he found somebody as worthless as me and saved my soul one day. And I, and I started thinking that Amen. the church of us and how that goes. And I thought, I believe this church is a godly church. I've been in it. i felt the spirit in it. That don't mean all of us are right where we need to be at the same time. There may be somebody sitting in here. Right I may be speaking to you, and I don't know. There's a lot of you. I couldn't name you if, if you threw a book in front of me. I couldn't yeah. name you. But there may be one of us sitting here tonight that's sitting there going, well, I'd rather be at home Stay. watching that. Uh-huh. It ain't too bad to be watching that. Or I'm I'm looking for dinner time already. My kids are probably back there starting to death. We're used to 5 o'clock evening service. But we can put things in the way real quick. And that's where we find ourselves lukewarm. And the Bible says not to be in that state. Not to be in that state. Don't let worldly things overcome the godly things. Church doors are open. We ought to be in them. There's Christians in this world today, and I I honestly believe Christian people that are sitting at home that have convinced themselves that they don't have to be in church. You may be right. You do not have to be in church to be a Christian, but you want to be a good Christian, you better have your heart in in a church pew somewhere. That's the only way. When he preaches, when he preaches, when anybody testifies, you grow from that. It says to join together with like-minded people for a reason. It doesn't say set at home in a pitch black room and get depressed and worried and scared to death to walk out the doors that somebody might breathe on me. He says come to me, fear not, for I am with you. Join together with people that you can boost your spirit. If I sit at home, I'll tell you, if I go home this week and I don't go to church for a month, I'll convince myself I ain't preaching anymore. That, that's because that's how, that's how worthless I am. I'll sit at home and say, I'm so bad, I ain't even worth preaching. But it's my job to go to the Lord's house. The Bible, if you read the Bible and you believe it, they built churches all over the country when they, in the biblical times. Why'd they do it? Because we need it. Nowadays, there's a church on every corner, and we've convinced ourselves that we don't need them anymore. Uh And that's That's a sad state to be in. But if you look at that and you start weighing that out, and you look at, you go to a restaurant on Sunday afternoon, they'll say the church crowd's there. The only problem is half the crowd ain't the church crowd no more. They're just the crowd. They forgot their church house. Their pew's sitting empty. Why? Because they've made an excuse and they've overridden the conviction of God, and they've decided that the church house ain't for them. Then what happens? Right. They convince themselves right. of their own truth. There's one absolute truth and it's laying right here. Amen. And he, he tells you everything Amen. you need to do right there, and there ain't nowhere where he looked matter of fact he says, Forsake not to assemble yourself. They ain't nowhere in that book he tells me you don't need my house. Yeah. But Amen. yet we have convinced ourselves as a you go to China, you we are spoiled rotten, yeah. is what's happened. That's right. We ain't faced anything hard. And if the hard times come, if COVID comes, we act like it's killing everybody and we can't even breathe the word of Jesus out of our mouth. China is sitting over there right now being murdered just to have an opportunity to assemble together. I watched a video one time. They were handing out Bibles. And these people wouldn't even get into the line. They'd walk in, and start falling down and crying. They'd lay the Bible in their hands and they'd just lay on it and cry. Yeah. And I thought, Lord, why don't I, why ain't I crying? Why ain't I holding on to that book like it's my life? That ought to be my that ought to be my centerpiece of my life. But I've gotten spoiled and yeah. I set things yeah. aside and I and I I, I looked at the Lord and said, "You'll be there when I need you." How many of us have done that? I ain't the only one. I'll, you'll be there when I need you. When the times are good, though, Lord, I don't need you. I don't need you right now. I've got this figured out. Then when times get scary, then we say, Lord, can you come back around now? I'm willing to work for you now. I'm scared. When times are good, we're sitting at the house. Amen. Amen. It's, it's a scary time as a Christian in America. And ain't nobody brought it on but ourselves. It's our job to stay hot. Yeah, it's our job when we do see them turning lukewarm it's our job to bring them back to the fire you see Christians fill the back pews encourage them come to the front I I called them out in Sunday school twice a couple weeks ago and didn't even mean to but I said sinners used to come in the church and they'd sneak in the back they can't sneak in the back anymore all the Christians want to be back there <laughs> why because we don't like the fire anymore he says I want we, he ought to find me hot What do I got to do to be hot? I got to stay in the fire. I'm thankful for the fire. Uh, We had uh, Brother Dustin up at church this morning preaching. He preached about Elijah. Praying down the fire. Yeah. He said, Could you imagine if today we get right enough that we'd say, Lord, we need you to burn it. Yeah. And fire and fall down yeah. from heaven. He said, But what if we talk spiritual? Let's talk about that Holy Ghost fire, of God. That we we'd pray down enough that it'd get on every one of us. Yeah. We could worship in that. And then not only that, we'd win souls to the Lord if we'd just pray down the Holy Ghost every now and then yeah, say, Lord, I want you to coat me in it so thick. That when I walk through the door, they feel you coming. I don't have to say a word. I just walk in, and they say, "Oh Lord, something's in the house." You see, Amen. you can see, lost people get saved. Amen. That's what the church needs. Amen. We got we got Christians yeah. sitting at home. Yeah. Let's get lost people in the house. Amen. Let's be the light. Let's be the fire Amen. that says, "Come in here. I got something good for you." Next thing you know, the the church will grow. Yeah. yeah says that the sinner can't sit in the house of the righteous. How do you stay righteous? Stay on fire. Stay in the heat. Amen. If we'll stay hot, we'll see people get saved. Amen. That's the calling that has been placed upon every one of us. That's right. That's right. It's time to get hot. Amen. It's time Amen. to quit sitting back and saying, Lord, you just do this. You work this out. Lord, you can handle this. It's time to step up and say, Lord... What do I need to do? Yeah, Lord, here I am. Amen. Send me. Send me to do it, Lord. Amen. It'd scare me to death if somebody ever calls me in the next few months and says, Huh, we got a revival breaking out. I need you to come down here. I'd probably puke. <laughs> but but at the same time, I'm puking. I'll take a break and I'll say, Here I am.
1: Amen. You send
0: me. I've ran for three and a half years. I can't run anymore. <laughs> if if I run now, I'm just running. I'm running the wrong way. If I I I ain't worth it, but for some reason, he seemed fit, and I just think that's a ball full of grace right there. I'm thankful for his grace. I'm thankful for his mercy, and I'm thankful that grace saves sinners because without that, I'd have never had it. If it had been up to the law, I'd have never made it. But yet one day, he looked down and said, I'm going to send somebody, and he's going to be the savior of the world, and he's going to die for you. I could have been the only one. I've heard that my whole life, but I believe it to the bottom of my heart. I could have been the only one, and he'd have come. And he'd have said, I'm dying for you. And then he opened up. He took a veil that was only made for the elect, and they'd go back there, and they'd have to pray you through, and you better hope they is right because if not you're in trouble. But he took that veil and he ripped it down the middle. And gave me a walkway to come through. Opened up the doorways to heaven that one day I could step in and be one of the family. I I went from a Gentile dog to one of the family in one step. All I done was stand up, and he said, Son, you're one of mine now. I get to be one of the family. Brothers, joint heirs, it says, with Jesus Christ Himself. Can you imagine? One day walking in that, into, through the gates of pearl. Yeah. I ain't even worried about the pearl. I ain't worried about the. I don't think we're going to look down to see what the gold. They say the gold is so pure that it's clear as crystal. I think of gold and I think of that yellow gold and silver gold. I don't even think I'll realize I'm walking on it. I've had one thing in mind. There's a song that says, look for me at Jesus' feet. <laughs> the one that died for me. Amen. One that gave me an opportunity Amen. to go to heaven, and just luckily enough, the Holy Ghost had enough power yeah. that yeah. He sent somebody here to comfort, and not only that, but to convict, yeah. draw souls to to be saved, That's and right. looked at me one day. Sitting on the pew, knowing I didn't have, I was sitting in in the family of God and had no business there. Sitting there knowing I was an outcast, and all of a sudden a woman sung, Do you know how it feels? I said, Oh Lord. I'd heard that song a hundred times, probably at least ten times in that two month period, but then all of a sudden it hit different that morning. She said, Do you know how it feels? I I said, Oh, I don't know how it feels. I don't know how that feels. I don't know about it woman popped up on the other side of the church and turned to a woman and said, Do you know how it feels? First thing that hit my mind was, Lord, I can't lie to her. I can't lie to her in church. She's coming to me. She had to make it all the way around the back and almost to the front. I don't think she even got to the back by the time I stood up. But my (laughs) wife hit the altar that morning. Spirit of God was so hard that my wife hit the altar and thought she needed to get saved. My my best friend Dustin said, Lord, I think if I would have went, I would have got saved that morning. But the power, it took that to move me. But I'm thankful thankful that there's that much power in it thankful that there's a power in the word that when when he draws you there's there's free will baptist there's this baptist there's that there's this and i wasn't i couldn't have sat there that morning i'd sat through some spiritual services i'd sat through some drawing power services but that morning it wasn't about me The Lord called me out, and I couldn't sit there anymore. He chose my name that day. I didn't choose him that day. He chose me that day. He pulled me in. I've got little kids. Every one of my kids look different. There's a reason for that. I chose them. I adopted them into the family. I gave them my name. He gave me a name the day that he saved me. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for his grace. I'm thankful for the opportunity. Uh, If this wasn't preaching, then you just pray for me. And I'll try better the next time. Uh, But grateful to be here. And thank you all for letting me come. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen.